0: In a world where medical doctors cover up your symptoms with drugs, you need a better way. Look no further. You found it. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast. The Freedom From Pharmacy Podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice. Always consult a physician when trying to get off a prescription medication. Welcome to the Freedom From Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Brian Showalter. I am certified in holistic nutrition. I am not a doctor, and these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration to prevent, cure, or treat any disease. So there's been a lot of talk about North Korea going on. I wanted to do an episode on this, talking about that, and how to be prepared in general. But first of all, if North Korea were to fire off a missile at the U.S., the U.S. could shoot it down, no problem. North Korea could shoot off four missiles at the same time, and the U.S. would be able to knock them all out of the air before they hit the U.S. Now, with that being said, there is a presidential directive decision, PDD-60, that was signed under Bill Clinton that says that the U.S. is to absorb a nuclear first strike before retaliating. And from my understanding, that presidential decision is still in effect. Now the question is whether or not the people in the government and the military will follow that order and let a missile hit the U.S. first, or whether they will shoot it down. That's up in the air as far as I can tell. So assuming that a nuclear bomb does hit, a nuclear missile hits a city, what are you going to do? Well, the first thing is, if you're still alive after that hits, it means you're at least a mile away. And your speed and what you do after it hits depends on how long you're going to live. If you're still alive after a nuclear hit, you need to seek out a concrete or brick shelter, a building, nearby and get in it as fast as you can uh, to avoid the fallout. And once inside, you need to clean your body off of any particles, change your clothes if you can, at least shake them off, and shower if possible, Uh, but don't use conditioners because it can react with the particles. After an hour, the fallout has lost 50% of its energy, so that's a positive, still deadly powerful, so you want to plan on staying in that shelter for at least 24 hours, at least, and it'd be good if you could listen to the to a radio or or the news, if that's possible, to see what people are saying about about the radiation. It's also important to know wind directions because that's t- that determines where the fallout's going to be blowing. Now, as far as I can as far as I know, North Korea's missiles do not have good land targeting abilities yet. But that does not mean that they're not a problem because you don't actually have to hit a city to cause a problem. All you have to do is shoot a missile up into the air and detonate it. The higher up it is, the worse it is because every nuclear bomb puts out an electromagnetic pulse. Its electromagnetic pulse fries all electronics within its range and this EMP burst uh, is picked up by power lines, power lines act as an antenna for this thing, so this pulse then powers, this pulse then goes through the power lines and can go even farther than its the EMP, the EMP uh, distance and fry the electronics and it all depends on how high that that thing is detonated at. Supposedly if you had six of these detonated over the US you could wipe out the entire US electric grid with six of these. There's debate on whether one or not one could do it or not. As far as I know it takes six. Now this poses a very big problem considering all of our systems run on computers. So you're, you don't have any water, you don't have any sewage, tru- cars and trucks won't work because they run on computers also, so there's no distribution of food within three days, grocery stores are out of food, and, and it's going to look very bad. Uh, actually, the I believe it was the Pentagon that uh, came up with a number on if this were to happen 298 million people would die within the first year of this because once all of these systems are disrupted it's really hard to be fixing these systems even if they did have the parts it's hard to be fixing these systems if you don't have any food and these big transformers they don't have a spare sitting on the shelf they come from Actually, I believe they come from Korea or Vietnam or something like that. So it's it all depends on how bad it turns out to be. Now, if it only hits, takes out the West Coast and the East Coast still has power, that's certainly better than the entire U.S. because uh, resources from the East Coast can drive into the West Coast and, and supply relief aid. So it's not a complete disaster as if the whole U.S. was out of electricity. That's something you need to be thinking about because all they have to do, any country can do this, any country that has a missile and a nuclear device on it can do one of these things. Which also leads to the idea that North Korea, all they would have to do is shoot a missile straight up and detonate a nuclear device. Now North Korea doesn't have a whole lot of electronics so that's not going to affect them a whole lot. South Korea does and North Korea already wants to destroy South Korea so all they have to do is shoot they don't even have to shoot it over South Korea all they have to do is shoot it straight up and detonate it and bye bye South Korea's electronics and then they, they're they free to invade South Korea if they choose to um if they did that the US would be co- would come in and, and destroy them I, I would assume but one thing that we could be certain of is if a nuclear device goes off somewhere it's going to make the stock market crash Um, maybe not completely but it's going to drop it significantly because everybody's going to be scared about what that means even if it's in South Korea so you have that to consider also so we're assuming that say a nuclear device goes off in the West Coast and you're in the East Coast, I believe that just the detonation of a nuclear device would cause massive panic, rioting and looting on the East Coast as well because this hasn't happened in people's lifetime. They aren't going to be able to process what that means. and Some people are going to take advantage of it and, and loot things and and I believe that wherever they're at, they're going to try and get home. Maybe they're going to go to school and pick up their kids from school to go home. Somebody's going to want to be going somewhere, which means this is going to jam up traffic, especially if you're trying to get home. So this is what, So I want to talk about how you can prepare for something like that. You're not even in the near proximity of a nuclear device. You're on the other side of the country. And... It goes off, and there's lots of panic. Everybody's going crazy. And I want to talk about how to, what to put in a bug-out bag or a get-home bag. So say you're at work, and you need to get home. And we'll say that traffic has been blocked off, and you're convinced you need to get home. And maybe your car has already been shut off because the electromagnetic pulse was far enough you're close enough to electromagnetic pulse that it shut off your car and you need to get home and you don't have transportation so this is what this bag is going to help you do now keep in mind my get home bag looks is going to look different than your get home bag because I know my skill set and I know how to be resourceful and use things around me that I can find so I'm not going to be carrying some things that you might want to be carrying. So I'm just gonna go through what I put in mine. You can go you can think about it and add things to it for yourself. Now keep in mind, your bag has a limited size. The bag I got was like a camping bag, and it contain it can hold 50 liters. And it's pretty packed tight. It weighs 25 pounds. And one thing if you don't have a bag and you're looking for a bag, don't go for a camo tactical looking bag. Because if you have like a camo tactical looking bag and you're walking around, people are going to look at that and think, hey, you got stuff. And then they're going to target you for resources. So a camping bag that looks less, it's not as noticeable as a camo bag would. Um, some of the things I have in my bag I'm not going this is not in any kind of order that uh, from most useful to least useful I'm just going through the different pockets uh, that I that I put it in so in my top pocket I've got room for gloves for and this is for uh, maybe for cold weather or for working um, if you need to be moving things out of your way. need to be moving branches or things out of the way or uh, sharp materials. Gloves can come in handy. I have two bandanas in my get-home bag and bandanas can be used for many uses. Uh, But one of the things is this is my first aid kit. I don't have a first aid kit in my get-home bag because anything that I can't fix with a bandana and duct tape, I should be in the hospital. See, a So you can use a bandana to cover up a, a wound, and uh, you can use it to cut off circulation like a tourniquet. Um, I mean, basically it acts as a band-aid. And I've actually used shop rags and duct tape before, um, and it works just fine. You don't, you don't have to take up room to have a special first-aid kit, at least for me. Now I have toilet paper in my get-home bag, and it's useful for more than just uh, going to the bathroom in the woods. Um, you, can use, you can use it to start fires with. Can you, you can leave a trail for a search and rescue. If you happen to get into a situation where you might think people might come looking for you, you can use that to mark your path. You can mark your path um, so that if you're in the woods, and you're not quite sure where you're going, if you put some toilet paper around and you end up finding to- your own toilet paper, then you're going in circles and you need to remedy that. Um, fl- I have a small tactical flashlight. You can find these on eBay for $5. bucks. they are really neat. They have a little clip on them. You can clip them on your pocket. They take A batteries. Try to get everything that you put in this bag have the same size battery. That way you can have your extra batteries will work for everything. So I have this flashlight and it takes one AA battery. It's really bright and it lasts a long time because it's an LED and carry I carry five extra batteries with me. On the zipper of this pocket, I have a lighter that's hooks to the zipper. And the lighter can be used to start fires to stay warm to cook food things like that. In the middle pocket I have a monocular. Monocular, So it's like a binocular but only has one lens, kind of like a... Uh, like you would see in movies pirates have or something like that, only this is space-age looking. And it's like 60... multiplies your sight by 60. Now this is a... I have this in here because if I were to be on foot traveling, and I need to be traveling through a city possibly or around a city. I want to see what's ahead of me in case there might be dangers that I might want to avoid. I also have in this pocket uh, spare glasses and you can get spare glasses from ZennyOptical.com for about seven dollars and these are nice looking glasses. They aren't going to break the first time you use them. My standard pair of glasses is from Zenny Optical. I've been wearing these for for a couple years and they still work fine and they cost seven bucks so (laughs) so it's really easy to get extra spare pairs of glasses i also have a multi-tool this is a type of multi-tool that folds out into a pliers a needle nose pliers it's got uh... a couple knife knife blades on them it's got other uh... screwdriver head uh... flathead screwdriver bed phillips phillips screwdriver head and a couple other things on there as well. You never know when you might need a multi-tool. So on the zipper of this pocket, I have a Silcock key. Now what this is, it's a, it's like a four-way, um, looks like a four-way wrench, like you might have to change lug wrench, like to change your tire. They like they did in the old days. Only this is like. The size that fits in the palm of your hand, and on each end, there's like a different size square socket on there. And what this key, Silco- silcock key can do is it can turn on water um, faucets, like on side of the buildings. And that would come in handy if you if the uh, power is out and you can't get water anywhere else. Chances are that there might be enough gravity pressure from somewhere in the building that you could get, still get water from. I also have a wire saw, so it's it's kind of like a piece of uh, cable and it's about two, three feet long and it's got two handles on it and you can use this to cut wood, cut metal. Uh, It comes in handy like if you, if there's a tree branch down in the road, you could use this to cut that tree branch off of the main part of the tree and move it out of the way. Something like that. You never know if there's debris or something in your way that you might have to cut. Now it does have a limited use but it also this wire saw does not take up much space and does not weigh a lot. I also have a sew kit. uh, A small sew kit. It's very tiny um, and this is the fix clothing or it could use, be used to sew up a wound and also in the bottom pocket I have a solar battery for cell phone charging and it's a little solar panel and it's got a battery in it so it, even if you don't have sun you've got a couple cell phone charges on that battery and what you can do is you can just hang that on the back of your backpack and you can use it to charge up the battery, and still keep um, power to your cell phone because you can have uh, documents on your cell phone that could uh, help you, possibly pictures of edible plants. There's plenty of books like that that could, that you could download and have on your phone and be able to pull these things up on on your phone <clears throat> even if you don't have cell reception. Other things you could do is you could download uh, Google Maps onto your cell phone. So try to find a, a uh, one that will work without cell phone reception. So like maybe turn your phone to airplane mode or something and see if it still works. Because that would be useful to have is uh, being able to map out your location from your phone. Um, I have two ponchos in my get-home bag and they're really cheap they're really small just to keep the weather off of you if you happen to be through a rainstorm i have a moleskin patch now this is like a little it's kind of like a band-aid type thing that's you can stick on your skin and what this is is basically it's to prevent um you from uh getting sores like if your feet aren't used to be walking a lot you can easily develop sores on your feet and what this does is, it instead of wearing on your feet, it wears on this patch. That comes in handy if you have to do a lot of walking, um, because once you get, once you wear your feet raw, it's going to be really hard to keep moving on foot once once that happens. Now, I also have a pair of paracord fish kit. It's like a grenade. It looks like a grenade that's made out of paracord, and it has some fish hooks and some other things in there that you could actually use to fish to get food if you happen to be on a long walk home and need something to eat. Um, uh, Potassium iodide tablets. Now, this is particularly important for nuclear problems. You want to be taking potassium iodide tablets so that your thyroid will not take up radioactive iodine in the fallout. So if you load up your thyroid with good iodine, it's not going to be looking for the radioactive iodine. Now, there, there's more than just radioactive iodine in nuclear fallout. So this will help with the iodine radioactive iodine problem, but there's also CCM-137, and there might be a couple others. Now... Uh, From naturalnews.com, Mike Adams has developed a CCM-137 chelation product. I don't know anything else about it, but it seems to be like the only thing on the market for that such a thing. Um, Other things I have in my bag. Zip ties. These can be used to repair gear. They could be uh, used for many different things. Makeshift handcuffs, if you had to, or a splint or a tourniquet. Um, bo- I have a boonie hat in my bo- get home bag and the reason for that is it can be folded up take up hardly any space it's, it basically looks like an uh, army ranger's hat and it keeps the sun off your head and off your neck and that's important if you're walking out in the sun so that you aren't losing so much water um, I have 550 paracord Now, 550 paracord has a tensile strength of 550 pounds and there's a billion uses that you can use paracord for. Anything from uh, making shelter to making tools, snare making. There's just so many things you can do with it. Duct tape. I have I have like maybe a half, half roll of duct tape. I used half of it. Just so that it doesn't take as much space and still gives you a lot of duct tape. And duct tape goes without saying. I mean, you can use duct tape for so many things. If you've ever watched the TV show um, Mythbusters, there's numerous episodes of Mythbusters where the whole show they made stuff with duct tape. It's amazing, the things that they did. Now, you're not going to be able to make a kayak out of duct tape with half a roll of duct tape, but you can do quite a bit of things with duct tape. Now, I also have pantyhose in my get-home bag, and it's not because... Uh, I like wearing pantyhose. It actually has functions. Um, one function is it can filter water. It's not going to get bacteria out, but it is going to filter out uh, some of the uh, bigger particles in water. And in the co- in cold weather, this is actually it takes up no pantyhose take up no space, but it can provide extra warmth in co- cold weather. And it also will act as, instead of, like I use the moleskin patch, it'll your shoes will wear on the pantyhose and not on your skin. So there, there's another benefit to that. Now I also have cayenne pepper, because cayenne pepper can support the body's ability to clot very quickly. So if you get injured, you can use this to stop the bleeding. And other, if you look up bug eye bags and stuff, you'll see things from like Quick Clot and uh, Israeli battle dressings and things. I don't have those things. I have cayenne pepper. Maybe those other things are better, but takes up more space, um, adds to the number of things that you have in your bag. I'm trying to keep the number of things down. I also have... um, an old pair of insulated coveralls in my bag now the reason for this is these insulated coveralls something i had hanging on on hand they were an old pair that i don't wear normally and the reason i put these in here was because this replaces a sleeping bag and even if you're in the summer it's going to get cold at night and you're going to want some additional things for warmth um, I also have a balaclava that's like a ski mask, uh, in there. It's just an extra one I had and your head does need to be kept warm also. Um, on a side pocket, I have a, a pocket for a water bottle and I have a one liter water bottle in there and it has the nipple type end so that you can pop it open and drink from it and squeeze it and you don't don't have to take a cap off its one hand uh, opening and drinking The left side pocket I have a small bottle of colloidal silver this is going to be used for uh, disinfecting things if you do get a wound you can uh, disinfect it with colloidal silver if you lose you can use it to disinfect water but then my next item is going to take care of that problem so but It's always better to have, it's always better, there's a saying that's two is one and one is none. And the saying is, like, if you have one of something, and that thing, you lose that thing, or it breaks or something, then uh, you're in trouble. But if you have two things, you have a backup. So this is another backup. This colloidal Silver to Disinfect Water is a backup to my next item, which is a Sawyer Mini. This is a water filter that can take out bacteria from the water. You can actually put it in like really muddy, dirty pond water and get clean water out of it. So that's very useful to have. Um, I have a buck knife in there because when you're out on out roughing it, um, your standard everyday carry knife, which I always have a knife, a folding knife on me, um, this buck knife is a little bit heavier duty than my everyday carry knife, and that a knife can be used for so many things. I use <laughs> my folding knife, everyday carry folding knife, for so many things uh, as it is. When you're really relying on it, uh, you can use that to make your shelter cutting, cutting things. I mean, you have to have a knife in this bag if you don't carry one with you. In the main pocket I have, uh, up against my back, there's a a flat pocket. In this I have uh, maps. Maps of areas that uh, I'm normally in, maps of areas where I'm going, Um, because if your GPS doesn't work, you have a backup and a physical copy of of a map. I also have 36 250-calorie bars, which would be enough for 4-5 to days. Now, you at least want to have three days in your get-home bag of something to eat. Um, they don't have to be MREs. Just think of something that you could put in there. It could be um, instant oatmeal or something that you could uh, put water with uh, and eat. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, you could put powdered milk in there. that will provide you some protein and fat. I I looked at I looked up these bars I forget what the name of them are, but um, they're uh, power energy bars type things provide you carbohydrates protein and fat. I also have a five by five foot by seven foot camo tarp, um, and I have this in here because that can be used for making a, a shelter and. Instead of putting a tent in my bag, this tarp will suffice for that. And I also have a hammock in my in this bag because if I'm going to be staying outside for the night, I do not want to be on the ground. Not only will it rob heat from me, but there's also there are also maybe bugs. It may be wet, so I want to be off the ground. So this hammock comes in a little pouch it's like five inch in diameter by six six inches long it's a little cylinder and you can pull it all out and use paracord and stuff to suspend that from trees and then you put this five by seven camo tarp over top of that so that you can have some shelter if you happen to be staying outside for the night i have a I have a hatchet hammer, so like on one side there's a hatchet and on the other side there's a hammer. Now these these can be used for um, making firewood, for hammering stakes for your shelter. It could be used for as a defensive weapon if you needed to. It is probably the heaviest thing in my pack, but I believe that there's numerous uses for it. So that's why I have it in there. Extra clothes. I have an extra t-shirt, pair of socks, underwear, jeans long sleeve shirt uh, in there because your clothes could get wet or um, you may need to change your clothes. They could get ripped or something. So you ought to have to change your clothes. And while I'm on the subject, everything that I've mentioned above that might be damaged by getting wet, I have them in a plastic Ziploc bag. So I've got a pile of Ziploc bags in my get home bag and there's there's other reasons besides keeping all of the stuff in there dry you can use those other bags for uh, other things if you happen to uh, need them in the future now there's other things that you would want to carry in your car in addition to this bag you don't want to carry everything in your bag Um, some things are more important to be left in your car and one of those things that you can do with your car is have extra bottles of water in your car if you're in a place where snow can snow can be an issue have a small bucket of salt in your back of your car in case you get stuck extra winter clothes if you get stranded this doesn't even have to be dealing with a nuclear problem this could be any kind of winter storm if you get Stuck somewhere, it's a good idea to have extra winter clothes in the back of your car. And the other people like to have blank extra blankets in your car too. I'd rather have extra winter clothes than blankets because if you have to move, your winter clothes are on you. Your blanket, you have to hold. You have to hold that on you. So I, I prefer to go with extra winter clothes over a blanket. You could do whatever you want have some uh, basic tools in the back of your car things like an adjustable jaw wrench also known as a crescent wrench this wrench can be used to, ju- to fit to any size within reason uh bolt head or nut um, also a channel locks which is kinda like a big pliers it's got different, um, different settings so that you can uh, Grab something that's really small or grab something really big. It's adjustable. Um, Different size screwdrivers with different size Phillips and uh, flatheads. Because if you have like a radiator hose, hose clamps or use flatheads, um, there's numerous things that you can do with screwdrivers, prying things. Um, Have a small hammer because you never know if you might need one. Um, A foldable shovel, now these, you can get really small foldable shovels that um, are kind of like military style that um, fold out, and this you can use to dig yourself out if you get stuck, whether it's in snow or in mud, you can use this foldable shovel to help dig yourself out, and it could be used as a self-defense weapon if if you happen to come to that. I believe it's a good idea to have a combination battery jumper with air compressor you can get these for like fifty dollars it's a battery pack that if your car battery is dead you can hook this to your battery and you have to wait maybe for a minute for that charge in the battery pack to charge up your uh, car battery and You can start your car that way. You don't want to stick it on and start your car. It has to charge up your own car battery a little bit. Um, And then once your car gets started, then you just leave it on there a little while to charge up your battery pack back up. Now, if it's not an emergency situation. You can do this later. You don't have to be sitting in the parking lot for half an hour charging up your battery pack. Uh, the one I have has a 12 volt uh, plug so I can plug it into the car socket and be driving home while it's charging the battery back- pack back up. And I have had to use that before. I mean, it wasn't in a bad situation where taking a lot of extra energy for me to get home, like having somebody drive and come get me or anything like that. Um, but I have used them before, and they are nice to have. A ratchet strap and these things can be used to um, strap down gear on the roof of your hood but get one that's strong enough that you could use it to double as a tow rope. So if you get stuck you can hook this ratchet strap. Now these ratchet these ratchet straps are really strong especially if you get one strong enough for like 5,000 pounds Um, you can use these to pull your vehicle out if it gets stuck and you don't have to have an extra tow rope in your back of your car. Um, and if there, nobody's around and there happens to be a tree or a guardrail or something close by, within probably within 8 to 10 feet, you could hook this ratchet strap up to your vehicle and you could crank yourself out of being stuck. So there's another benefit to that. Now, these are things that I have in my own vehicle and in my bag, and these are based on things that I think that I would need. And when I put this bag together, I was planning on a worst-case scenario of an EMP that would shut down my car, and I would have to walk home 300 miles. That was the farthest distance in the situation um, that I could be in. So this is what I based this on, a worst case scenario. Now, if you deal, if you prepare for the worst case scenario, if you, if you prepare for the, for a worst case scenario, when smaller crises appear, appeared, then you're prepared for those as well. And that's, that was what, that was my thinking when I put this together. Now, 300 miles, you know, that's a lot. Well, what I was planning to do was in the, first day of the crisis people aren't quite sure what's going on they aren't sure to how how to react so what I was going to do was on my way back home I was gonna stop at houses along the way and see if I could buy uh, a bike that they had so I had, had extra cash available to buy somebody's bike now on a bike you can travel 40 to 80 miles a day on on a bike so it would take me maybe five days to get home at that pace That was the situation that I was preparing for. Now, continuing on, what are some things that you should have at home right now in case any type of crisis would occur? The obvious most important one would be extra food and extra water. Now, water is easy to store, especially right now when your faucet is working. And what you can do is... Don't use milk jugs. Um, you can use pop bottles, although get them from somebody else because pop or soda pop or whatever you call it is not a good drink to be drinking. The aspartame, the sugar, you know. But they make good water storage, and they don't take up a lot of space. So you can put a couple two-liter bottles in your closet, you and each closet of your room, of your house, spread it out extra water is going to be important think about how much you would drink in a day. Typically it's like, um, a person uses a gallon of water a day. Um, so figure out how much you would need to maybe last two weeks or more, whatever you want to figure out. And then think about, uh, how, what kind of food you could store. and, you know, it doesn't have to be MREs. It could be canned food. It could be uh, food that you normally eat. And when you go to the store the next time, just get instead of getting one of those things, you get two, and then put that away. And every week that you do that, keep getting two of those things, and in no time, you're going to have a pantry stored up with extra food that you already eat and when you feel that you have enough stocked up start rotating it out so when you get a new one every week when you get a new one you put it in the back if it's a can or something you put it in the back and take the one in the front so you're constantly rotating your supply that's one new way you can do it another way you can do it is with the freeze dried stor- storable foods that that uh, you can buy and longevity does have a product line called go foods where you can uh, buy storable food. There are some gluten-free options. There's uh, oatmeal, there's almond granola, there's cream and Tuscany pasta, there's hearty chili, there's vegetable beef stew, there's uh, Wisconsin white cheddar, there's mashed potatoes, they have pancakes, they have beef stroganoff, there's different soup, cheddar broccoli soup. They have many different things, and these foods last a long time, and they don't. And as you can expect with longevity, that they don't put all the kinds of crap preservatives in them like uh, other companies do. So food and water are, are going to be the main staples of things that you want to have extra in your house. Other things that might be useful will be like flashlights around your house. Um, if you want to go to the extent of a backup generator, you can get a 4,000-watt uh, backup generator for two, dollars 300 dollars And if you do that, then you want to have extra gas on hand. Um, and it would also be a good idea to have extra gas on hand for your car. And that could, extra gas could double as extra gas for your generator, too. It just all depends on how far you want to go. So there's a lot more things that we could do, um, but I think that this gives you at least a basic starting point to get started with. And if nothing happens, you still are going to be better off than if you haven't done any of these things. And it will also give you a little bit of peace of mind in case something does happen. So this is Brian Schoel, while we're signing out, we'll see you next time. To see the products mentioned in this show, head over to freedomfrompharmacy.com and look at this episode's show notes, and you can see all of the Longevity products by clicking on the store tab. The Freedom From Pharmacy podcast is owned by EasyWay LLC and is under Ohio Revised Code 4759.10i.